Welcome to Hardy Party Five and a Half. Today is a very special episode. It sure is. It's our 100th episode. I cannot believe we've done this 100 times. It's hard to imagine that we've thought of 99 other things to talk about. <laughs> and people have listened. I know. It's weird, right? <laughs> and we have done this. We've tried different rooms in the house. We've been in different Well, for a long time, rooms. For a long time, we were in our closet. Right, and that was really good sound. I think yeah. when I go back and listen to like our first episodes, I think, oh, this sound because we were just sitting we were at learning. our kitchen table, you know. Yeah. Uh, and our first episode was April twenty first, twenty nineteen. So it's been three years. That's weird, right? That is so. It doesn't feel crazy. like it. And our first episode was called "Slap Me, Please." That's right. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was a creative way to talk about people we'd like to meet. Right. Yes. So we kind of just ran around the table with everyone we to find out kids, who everybody yeah. liked. And who, yeah. who, if you could be slapped by someone and not care, right. who would that be? And for me, it was Harry Connick Jr., <laughs> and it still would be. So Harry, if you're listening, you know let's what? talk, buddy. I need to go back and listen to this episode. I don't know who I said. I'm not sure. I have no idea. And has that changed for you? What? My person? Yeah. No, I still want to talk to Harry. He can slap me anytime. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would receive a slap nicely from anybody, but I don't know. Did I say Laura Bush? Maybe. I don't feel like she would slap you, though. She's yeah. way too nice for that. It's way too Southern. Yeah. Southern charm. Yes, I don't know. Anyways. So we've done some crazy stuff over the years. It's weird to say years on this because it doesn't feel that long. It doesn't. We've done taste test. We did burger taste test. Mm-hmm. Coffee. Did we do coffee? Coffee. Mm-hmm. We've okay. No offense to anyone out there that has a Starbucks addic- addiction, but we found out that Starbucks was the worst tasting coffee. That's why they call it Star Sucks. It tasted like burnt garbage. Really I'll be did. honest. It yes. really did in comparison I've to never the others. Liked their coffee. So, anyways, their coffee to me is like a dessert in the afternoon, and it's got to be loaded with all all kinds of things to make it blonde and sweet. Oh yeah, the only I've gotten to where I don't go to Starbucks in general, but the only time I do is if I'm stuck at a casino working, and it's yeah. the only coffee that's available. Hopefully, they'll have it in my room so I can just make it there. Yeah, but that's about the only time I go to Starbucks. I've even tried to cut that out. Like I don't even have coffee yeah, if it's just you know, Starbucks. You've you kind of gotten away from coffee. Yep. I, however, am drinking coffee. From today, coffee is brought to you by San Diego. Every time Scott goes out of town, for the longest time, he would bring me a coffee cup back. And we have a bajillion thousand coffee cups from all across the entire world. So you're wiping them down and you're going to use them? Yep. All of them. They're all they're, <laughs> they're all everywhere. They're stuffed in the cabinets. I really just have my favorite. Like, I use this one and I use Yellowstone a lot. Oh, yeah. Yellowstone's my favorite. My go-to is Universal with the Kong. King Kong. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my that's my go-to cup. <laughs> So some other things we've done, we like to do travel guides because mm-hmm. we love to travel. We do. And we've done Cape Cod recently. We've done Epcot. Mm-hmm. We've done Orlando in general when we went to Universal and Disney. 
Um, we've done Seattle, which was a cool one. I love Seattle. And we've got some coming up. We're going to do New York soon. Mm-hmm. We've been to Barcelona twice, so we're going to do Barcelona for y'all. So we have travel guides coming. Yeah, and Maine. I think we're trying to hit Maine this Yes, fall. we're going to do the Maine thing mm-hmm. for our anniversary in the fall. Yep. So lots of cool travel stuff coming up. About that. And a big thing for us has been this month in history. Yes. And Rebecca, describe to us why we do this month in history. So I can learn about history in a fun way. <laughs> That's right. We're trying to make <laughs> history fun again. <laughs> and it's like more from game show where I try to stump you with history right. questions. Yeah. Because you, you've always loved history. Oh, and yeah. And it's no surprise. No and surprise. I and I want other people to love history too. Or not if if you don't love history, at least have a understanding, an understanding and an appreciation of history. I think you've been successful in that with me. You are more historic than you used to be. Absolutely. And we've gone from game show to now. Lately, we've had a couple of historians on, which is pretty cool. We had a Lincoln scholar on. Oh my gosh, you're such a nerd about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Fanboying over the Lincoln Scholar, oh my so goodness, yeah. Yes. That, so we've had some cool, cool stuff. Those yeah, pretty cool. When we have those people on, those historians and stuff, I don't know about. I'm so self conscious. I'm like, I'm gonna ask the dumbest question, like who won World War One? Yeah. And I or two or any of them, honestly. And what have you learned to say? You just told me to say we did. Yes. <laughs> For most of them, it works that way. That keeps me out of trouble. Right. <laughs> so I just. It doesn't sit in my mind, like, <laughs> linear, and it, I don't understand why I can't figure it out. And I can see the fear in your eyes when we're on with the history person. Yeah. That, you, always, you, you, yeah. Know, you know you're the go-to person. If there's any question, <laughs> you've got to bail me out. But when we talked to Donald Moat about makeup and hair, I was oh, like, I sit, was, sit down, honey. Let me ask these questions. I didn't even know what you were talking about. <laughs> so, I have my lane. It's just not history. Right. Which is, we complete each other. Yeah, of course. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> um, one of my favorite episodes, we've kind of gone back and look at, looked at, you know, the 99 other times we've sat and talked. And one of my favorites was Race Relations with Larry, oh, yes. Larry Turntine, yeah, one of our that. friends, where we just talked about, you know, black and white mm-hmm. race relations. Yeah. And it we were so able good. to... We talked about some hard stuff on that episode, mm-hmm. and it was cool to be able to do that with Larry, and and that's really, from just having fun, I think when we started the podcast, it was just, oh, let's have fun and talk about stuff, mm-hmm. and I think kind of what it's turned into for us is it's a community where we can, like we're at the coffee shop, and we're sitting down, and we're talking about things, yeah. and we can have somebody come over, like, oh gosh, so many guests that we've had, and Maybe we don't agree on everything, but there's we can find a common denominator that we can talk about, and mm-hmm. we learn something about that person. Yeah, like we just had Darth Vader on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Darth, that. come on over. Yeah. Who who has coffee with Darth Vader? <laughs> we do. We. So and just he's from a totally different world, and he's from the Ukraine. He's half Ukrainian, half Russian. Circus performer. Circus performer. In reality, we would have never met. We would have never. Uh, interacted but Mm -hmm. through the show we were able to sit down and talk with him and it was just a fascinating conversation to learn about that person and i think that's really what this has turned into is and from a christian perspective because we are christians so we're going to look at it in a christian perspective Mm -hmm. but i love having people on from all walks of life 
to just talk about life and talk about their story. Right. And I think that's really what's been cool. Here's some of the guests we've had. Well, can I tell you one of my favorites first? What's that? Yeah. My, one of my favorite episodes that we did was episode number four. Four. Called Why Me? And it was Rick oh, Weintraub. Yeah. So if you haven't gone back and listened to that, he, I would, I, I, we would put him up there with celebrity status, of course. Oh yeah, uh, with people that we've talked to. But he was probably one of my favorite. I, you know, we've known him for however long, a long time, twenty plus years. I learned a lot about him that day, even more than I didn't know before. So, anyways, he was super fascinating. That was one of my favorites. But now, who else have we had on? Okay, I may have not. I try to create a whole list, but I may mm-hmm. have missed some people. Mm-hmm. We've had Anita Renfro, mm-hmm. the hilarious comedian. And one of your good friends. Yeah. We've had Dave Wilk, who's with Four Day Weekend. Hilarious comedian and one of your good friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hang out on corporate tours mm-hmm. and go bowling and such. <laughs> um, we had Gabby Graves from the Disney Channel, who's yes. awesome. Yes. She does voiceover work, and she's been on Disney shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had Eric Weinmayer, yep. who is the first blind person to, to summit, summit Mount Everest. That's right. And then he also kayaked the Grand Canyon. Yep. So that's crazy. And I've done shows with him, so that's kind of the connection there. Well, um, we had Eric Nadell, oh, Hall I of like Famer. Also, yeah. Hall of Famer from the Texas Rangers, radio host. He was uh, Radio play-by-play man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Nick Troutman, who's like a world champion kayaker, <laughs> which I think helped us seemed cooler in Drew's eyes because Drew's a big outdoorsman so I yeah. felt like we were a little cooler with Drew we moved up a notch maybe mm-hmm. uh, we had Steph the chef I loved her oh it was awesome and she was so great because she came back on another episode and judged our cupcakes she did she so judged our, our little old cupcake I know who are we I know <laughs> We had Janie Reed. Uh-huh Olympian Olympian softball player we had Thomas Tulak from Hook, Hook, our favorite movie ever. Too small. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who? I mean, I can't. I when I read these names, I'm like, how did this ever happen? People ask me that all the time. They're like, how do y'all get these people? I'm like, you just got to think outside the box, people. That's right. We, we had Patty Pelton from League of Their Own. We have some big news coming up with that. Another from, League of Their Own guest. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're freaking out a little bit a about little bit, that. A little bit. <laughs> yep. Um, we've had Susie Hunter, who was the person that. She went to every, she spent a summer that, going to every right. baseball stadium, mm-hmm. which is what we want to do. So Maybe not in one summer. Well, eventually. Mm-hmm. We had Donald Mowat, which you, you yeah. mentioned, mm-hmm. who's like a Hollywood makeup artist and hair, uh-huh. hair guy. Yeah. And he's been on all the big movies, Blade Runner and Dune. And he recently did the Disney Plus yep. show. So... Just crazy that we were able to talk to him, or you were able to talk to him, and I just hung out. <laughs> We've had three Olympians on the show, three other Olympians. Yeah. Janie was on Olympian, too. We had Ashley Caldwell, who's an aerialist. Mm-hmm. We had Katie Burrell, mm-hmm. who came to us from Austria, <laughs> and she is a bobsledder, and we mm. talked to her. Remember, it was really early in the morning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked to Elena Myers-Taylor, yep. who's like the legendary Olympic winter like bobsledder legend yeah, bobsledding so, queen yes mm-hmm. um we had lada oh, silva cabina from the chosen one of our favorites like, yes. she's just an awesome she's so person. great yeah. if you don't follow her on instagram you should follow her she just does some cool stuff yeah she's very real like 
real to follow. Like she's in Rwanda right now mm-hmm. doing a mission trip. Yeah, so, so that's cool. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We had Bob Kendrick, who's the, one of the funniest people we've ever met. <laughs> He's the president of the um, Nigger League Nigger Museum right, in, in uh, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Mm-hmm. We had Jim Buffington, who shared his story, which is an amazing true crime story for Bridges to Life. Yeah. Uh, Prison ministry. Yep. We had Emma Crow from Music Man. <gasps> and you totally freaked me out on that one because as yes. soon as we finished that episode, we traveled to New York, went to the show, and met Emma at the stage door. That's right. That was crazy. <laughs> um, Sniff Spots, which is one of your favorites, David that. Adams. I talk about that every day. Um, and then we had, we mentioned Harold Holzer, which mm-hmm. is the Lincoln scholar that right. I was fan boying over mm-hmm. we've had darth vader can you demetrius no. i can't even believe he it's was crazy. on demetrius Petre- yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode it's so funny because he's like i'm doing my best with my voice today but i've been swallowing flaming swords all yeah. morning practicing with them and so sorry if my voice is scratchy <laughs> well and then we ask we usually start out with our guests we're like what was your childhood like and he's like i can't remember any of it i've had too many concussions <laughs> So that'll just give you a teaser of what, oh my and goodness. he talked to us about how he's worked to regain his memory. So that mm-hmm. was even cool. That was unexpected to even talk about. Yeah. And then our last episode, which was 99, which is hard to believe, was Amy Heflin yeah. from Top Gun. I have gotten so many texts about that episode. I know. It's messages. crazy. She's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And it's, she's like an American hero, really. Really. Because she mm-hmm. served our country and now she's, I mean, to even... I can get on a 747, and I'm good with that. But I can't imagine... I was like, where are you going I don't know. Where am I going with this? I can't imagine being in the cockpit and going Mach 1 or 2. It's a lot of buttons. It's a lot of buttons. <laughs> it's a lot of buttons. And it's not it's like Star... It's me stress just thinking about that manual. Well, it's not like Star Trek where you can just punch any button you want. You have to punch the right button. Yeah. And just to be able to go that fast and maneuver that plane, it's just, I, it's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. Yep. But I do kind of think that we're constrained here on the ground by roads. We're tethered to the earth. We're by roads. And up there, there are no roads. You could just literally go wherever you wanted. This reminds me of a quote. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. What is that from? Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. See? He's hovering. Yeah. He doesn't need, doesn't need roads. So you're saying you just feel free in the skies? I can, I can see that. I can see there being a rush of like... Now, that leads to another logistical problem in my mind of like all the other planes in the air that you have to watch out for. I don't know how they all don't hit each other. Um, well, you have air traffic controllers that are They are the most that. important people in this picture that never get talked about. I'm assuming. But... That that to me, I could see the freedom in that. Like you're just up there, you don't have, you're not constrained by. Hey, look at those mountains over there. Let's go see them. And then you think, well, what roads go over there? And then you have to pull up a map, and you're on, you're on the ground. But if you were in the sky, you'd be like, er, hard right. It just goes er. <laughs> that's how it sounds. In a plane, that's how it sounds. Well, yeah, we used to be tethered to our maps goes, but now oh we're tethered gosh. to our GPSs on yes. our phones. Maps goes were so dangerous. You had to look at them while you were driving or pull over and try to memorize everything. Write, write down a little list. Of A7. <laughs> we're going right there. It's like like a chess game. Well, yeah, it's like a board game in the middle of trying to find something. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then what I've noticed with GPS and what people do, and I had an Uber driver. I actually take Lyft. I don't take Uber anymore. 
That's a long story we'll talk about later. That'll be episode 105. I would like that. Well, I took a lift the other day, and, you know, he's got the GPS hooked up that should be giving him the quickest route. Mm -hmm. But he sees the traffic. And see, that's what happens. We, We use our sight. We use our senses. And we see that the highway ahead of us is slowed down mm-hmm. so he's like he turns to me and goes i know a better, know way. better way and i'm like oh gosh i had plenty of time to get to the airport so i wasn't too worried but i knew as soon as he's because i've done that myself i've seen the traffic the my We've gps my gps has told me to go that way no matter what i'm seeing and you know a faster way and i was like oh, it's got to be faster so he ended up getting us five minutes slower there because he went <laughs> through a residential area that ended up that ended up stacking up. Because everybody else had the same idea. Probably. Mm-hmm. So if we'd have just gotten on the highway that looked packed. stopped, mm-hmm. packed, we probably would have just gone through there really quickly. Yeah. But anyways, I digress. GPS typically knows best. They do. Mm-hmm. There was that one time, though. Do you, re- do you remember the story? No. <laughs> I was trying to take the kids to the movie, and it was in Grand Prairie. Oh, yes. This was years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, when probably when iPhones first came out, like pretty pretty long time ago yeah so i put in my gps i was trying to get to this theater i couldn't remember exactly where it was so we're driving around and we end up and my gps literally said was talking to me and said please pull over park the car and walk to your destination and i'm like what and i've got the kids in the back of the car so i pull over to this open field in grand prairie and it's telling me to walk across the field and i'm like there's nothing here <laughs> So that was the one time where GPS did lead me astray. They very astray. So then I just had to go old school. It's like some kidnappers got into your phone and were like, walk into this forest. Right, walk into this forest (laughs) in Grand Prairie and we'll find you. Oh my goodness. Well, then I had to go rogue. I had to go old school and turn everything off and just find it myself. We finally found the theater. (laughs) So there was that one time that GPS let me down. They did. They let you down. They've come a long way since then. So we have had, this is our fifth season. It's been three years and five seasons, because mm-hmm. we usually try to do about 24 episodes. A season. Kind of like a TV season. Yeah. So that we can get a little break, maybe for... But sometimes we've gone a few months and taken a break. Mm-hmm. But usually after a few weeks, we're ready to do something. Yeah. So that's kind of how it's been. So three years and five seasons. Mm-hmm. And 99 times, we've sat down to talk. <laughs> It's just crazy to me. And if nothing else, this is great for our kids and grandkids to have yeah. audio video recording of us being crazy. Yep. Being ourselves, actually. <laughs> Very much ourselves. They can play this at our funerals. <laughs> That's right. So in honor of our 100th episode... Mm-hmm. Of course, we had to look it back at history because that's kind of where I go in yep. my heart. Yeah. I'm a historian at heart, I guess. We've decided to go over the top 10 things that turned 100 this year this in 2022. Year. Yeah. So the top 100 things that turned 100. The top 10 things. The top 10 things. That turned 100. That turned year. 100. So these were all birthed in 1922. They were birthed? Mm-hmm. Created? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's not the top 100 things that no. turned 10 years old. We no, don't have time to do that. that. It's the top 10 things. Yeah. That turned 100. So I'll go first. So, number 10. Number 10, State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We have given them a lot of money over the we years. We have. We don't use them anymore. But no, we, we don't. Sorry, State Farm. Yeah. So, Sorry, Jake. 
Right. This is so interesting because, okay, they insure cars and homes and stuff like that. Now they are ranked 36 on the Fortune 500 list of um Because we've given companies. them our money. Right. But every big company had to start somewhere. And this company started with a retired farmer and insurance salesman, which makes perfect sense. Why did we never think of the word state, state farm? farm. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa. I mean, that's crazy. So, anyways, it was originally like a single line, like just auto insurance. Yeah. But now they do everything. And it was this guy named George Jacob Merkel. Merkel. Merkel? Yeah. Uh, and he was a retired farmer and insurance salesman, which is the perfect marriage for something like State Farm. I thought that was so interesting. Well, now we have farmer's insurance, too. So, farmers like to get insurance. They do. Whoa. Why? Do they know something we don't know? I don't know. Probably. About. They know an easy way to make money off of people. <laughs> They're smart. They're smarter than the rest of us. Then. Insurance. you got to have it, but you can't really use it. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't cover anything you're ever going to need. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, gosh. That could be a whole other episode. C-line 157 for the exemption of that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, number nine on our list is Jaguar, which is our... We both, our favorite car is Jaguar. Yeah. It, yeah it's probably from, not now for me. Well, I don't know. As the a kid, it was our, go, yeah. Growing up, like, that was the car I wanted. So, in 1922, William Walmsley and William Lyons, they founded a company called the Swallow Sidecar Company. Which, why didn't they name their car the William? I mean, that sounds very precious. Oh, that's kind of cool. The William. They yeah. named it the William. Well... It would later became known as Jaguar, but originally they manufactured the sidecars for motorcycles. Mm-hmm. So, kind of like Indiana Jones and the, what's the last one? Crystal Skull? No, not that one, the one before, oh. with Sean Connery. But that was the last one. I know. Well, the last good one. Because <laughs> <laughs> most people don't think Crystal Skull was that good. I enjoyed it because I like Indiana Jones, but it was the one with Sean Connery. I have no idea. Uh, the Last Crusade. Okay. When he's in the sidecar and they're yes. driving around. I think of Hagrid's um, at Universal. Oh, yeah. The best mm-hmm. ride ever. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Universal trips. Um, so they did sidecars for motorcycles. In the 30s, they expanded to make cars. Now, guess what the name of their car was? Again, they didn't go with William. What's that? They went with SS Cars Limited. Why? So this became a problem. Huh? I don't know. Um... Maybe they used Swallow Side and just made it SS, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, but that became a problem because in the 30s and 40s, you had Germany and Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party, and SS was their special troop. Oh. Their uh, secret, yeah. top secret troops that uh, did some really awful things. So they didn't want to be called SS. So in 1945, because of that context of the World War II issue mm-hmm. they changed their name to jaguar and that's how we got the name well what about like the monte carlo ss and wasn't there like a, a trans am uh a camaro ss or something like you're that? talking to a non-car guy oh, okay. you've gone brady, past my ability brady we need your help we need brady looney in the house please <laughs> because emergency monte carlo phone call doesn't does that stand for supersonic i mean like what probably <laughs> remember my sweet monte carlo i had the 1979 oh. <laughs> monte carlo and the felt was falling off the top of the ceiling. And you stapled it back up there? Yeah. Mm-hmm, I remember. That's how you fell Actually, in love with me, baby. Actually, did you use store a comb or something up there? Or it was a pick. A pick. Oh, my gosh. Because I used to poof my hair. <laughs> how could you not fall in love with that? You're only human. 
picked out the little furry curls in the front. Oh, my oh yeah, my poof ball in the front. Okay. Yep. Number eight, the blender. You have oh, wow. this guy named Stephen Poplowski to thank for like smoothies, margaritas, puree, any kind of thing that you're putting in a blender because he, in 1922, patented the first blender, which featured its trademark, like the spinning blade at the bottom. Like that was the trademark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it was developed by the Arnold Electric Company, but then it was redesigned and improved upon in the 1930s. I mean, I don't can't even think of a time when we didn't have a blender. Obviously, like I, know, I don't even think so about it. Weird. Yeah. I feel like it was just there. Think about all the kitchen gadgets you have. You take for granted. They all like came it was, from somewhere. Like the blender's been there since the beginning of time, <laughs> basically. But it's only been a hundred years. Right. It's funny how you have these appliances and stuff, and you just you never think of where they came from. I know that they work that they were birthed by someone. They were birthed by someone. <laughs> yes, that's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, now this next one, number what are we on? Seven. Number seven is the transatlantic fax. Who knew? I did not know that we had fax machines as early as the mid nineteenth century. Can I ask a question? Whoa. What? what does transatlantic mean? Like across the ocean from uh, England to... That makes a lot It was sense. probably from London to New York, I would imagine. Okay. Um, but you, when you think of faxes, you think of the 70s and 80s when we started getting faxes. And no yeah. one uses them now because we use email right. and text. But um, RCA, the company, offered the first transatlantic fax service in 1922. Hmm. And back then, the fax machines, they weren't used for private business, which came later. They were used for newspapers transmitting photographs back and forth for big news stories and for weather service to send maps back and forth. Hmm. So who knew that we had faxes back in the 1920s? I had no idea. Another thing the government didn't tell us. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> There's that. Let's do an episode on all the things the government has not done. <laughs> We're going to become a conspiracy show all of a sudden. Oh, you know I can dig that. We could do. It'd be cool to do like an Area Fifty One show or something Ooh. to talk about these crazy. We might have to go things. to Area Fifty One. I know. We've been <clears throat> to Roswell. We have. <clears throat> okay, number six: radio commercials. Huh. So radio, Again, that just was, seems like something that's always been always there. been there. It was radio was still new in nineteen twenty two. Um, and it had just transitioned from like amateur operators and handmade or like homemade receivers to a corporate enterprise, like just before that. But when this radio station in New York City aired the first radio commercial ever, radio would never be the same. What was it? What do you think they advertised? Cigarettes. <laughs> no. No. An advertisement for Queensboro Realty. And oh, Realty. Realty. And huh. it cost $100 for 10 minutes. That's a lot of money that in 1922. That seems like a lot, yes. Yeah. That seems like a lot of money. I wonder how much it is now. You don't, well, like, Super Bowl ads for TV are like a million dollars for 30 seconds. That is at crazy. Least. Yeah. So Doritos is banking. <laughs> Doritos is banking. <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't it, do you remember the quiz, the weird Quizno ad? ads from oh, Super Bowl's past. I forgot about Quiznos. Where they had Are those. Are still around? Well, they probably, they probably died out because remember they had the creepy rat things that were singing a song? No. On their Super Bowl ads? And after that, you didn't hear much about Quiznos. Who wants a rat singing about your food? I don't know. It was weird. That's you what everybody said. You avoid mixing those things. Yeah, usually. 
Right. Hmm. Makes Anyways. perfect sense to have them singing about Kias, you know, the durable cars or whatever. Oh, yeah. You yeah. want this or that? You can go with this. This? Or you, you can go, go with, with that. that. Thanks. You bring <laughs> my hip-hop portion way up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you bring my history portion way up. We okay. each have our place. That's right. Okay. So, number five. This one's pretty cool. This one is from Ralph Samuelson. And he was 18 years old, and he was in Minnesota. And guess what he invented? What did he invent? Water skiing in 1922. In Minnesota? In Minnesota. Okay. He got the idea to ski on the water in the summer of 1922. So he tried, he first tried regular snow skis, and then he tried pieces of a barrel. Like, you know, they call them staves. I didn't even know that's what you called pieces of a barrel. So he tried that, oh, that on the sense, water. Because they were probably curved a little bit. Yeah, they were curved up so that he could stay up on top top of the water. Because mm, you know he, what happens when your toes go down in the water on skis. You go, you sink. You face plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to call it's it sink. It's not just sinking. It is like a full force slam face first into the water. <laughs> not that I know. Not that you've ever done that. I don't think I've ever really water skied. What? I don't think I have. You've never gotten up on We've done the boogie board thing, but I don't know that we've done water skis. Interesting. That's something I need to put on my bucket list. I was a child. That's I've never done it again. So he finally had success with two eight-foot-long planks of wood. He curved the planks ends upwards so he could stay on top of the water. He used a leather strap to hold his feet in place. So dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when kids are left alone. That's right. Look at all the things that were created. When it gets quiet, you know Ralph's up to something. Mm-hmm. You gotta go see what Strapping he's doing. some barrels on his feet. <laughs> yep. He fashioned an iron ring and sash for his makeshift connecting rope. Oh, he leaned oh back with the ski tips pointing up, and the rest is history. Who's driving the boat? I don't know. Probably his dad. I don't or know. Or his little brother. <laughs> his, his 12-year-old brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem with Ralph is he didn't patent his idea, so oh, he made no Ralph. money off of this. Aww. You can, he is known like as the person that invented it, but he never made a dime. Oh, that's so Sorry, sad. Ralph. Sorry, Ralph. Yep. Okay, number four, the NFL's official name. What Ooh. we now know is the NFL started in 1920, but the American Professional Football Association, as it was originally called, rebranded itself as the National Football League in 1922. Not only was the shorter name snappier, but the new NFL was incorporated, also incorporated like some rule changes, which this is a big one that's still today. Um, terms are no longer permit, or teams are no longer permitted to enlist the help of players still in college. Hmm. Um, as the NFL attempted to differentiate itself from the much more popular game being played in front of tens and sometimes hundreds of thousands of spectators on university campuses, can you imagine a world where there is not college football? When did that start? College football was, just like you said, it was much more popular than NFL. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can and you, they were fighting against college football to yeah. gain some relevance. When did college football start? A long time ago. I'm not. That'll have to be a whole new a episode. A whole new episode. Yeah. So but college football has been around way before 100 years. Yeah. And then they tried to start making it professional. Well, you had like Jim Thorpe back then that was, all these college stars were like American heroes, like this falls into national history heroes. For me. Yep. So when you say, you know, like the answer is no, I don't know. Like, and if you kind of think about it, I think the NFL took over for a long time, but I think like college football is still pretty big. Oh, it's so, definitely oh, yeah. big. And now there's the, a lot of people that are disenfranchised with 
anybody that's getting paid for a sport professionally, and so they are all. You know, a lot of people are switching to colleges. College well, but also now that co- the players are getting paid in college yeah, now, that's made some, that's through the that's whole name and likeness happened. thing. Yeah. So they're trying to figure all that out. So it's. Mm-hmm. I feel like college may be a big rival again yeah. because the kids are making money now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to necessarily go professional to continue your career. So. Yeah. Okay. So now we're to number three. We've been to this one a few times. Mm-hmm. The Lincoln Memorial. Yep. Uh, it took eight years to construct, and obviously it's in Washington, D.C. It was May 1922 that they finally unveiled it. And listen to the people that were there. That's kind of a cool list. Um, you had U.S. President and Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, William Howard Taft. <laughs> He's the really round guy with a big, giant mustache. Um, Robert Todd Lincoln was there. And remember when we talked to Heron Holzer, we talked about how John Wilkes Booth's brother had saved uh, Uh, Robert Todd Uh from a train accident. Uh Like like less than a year before his brother killed his dad. So that's kind of crazy. So weird. Um, You had Robert Morton, who was the president of the Tuskegee Institute. Okay. And you had the President Warren G. Harding and Vice President Calvin Coolidge were all there. Hmm. And how tall do you think Honest Abe is sitting inside? I have stood the Lincoln there. Memorial. I'm going to say he was 25 feet tall. 25 feet? Is mm-hmm. that your final guess? Yeah. Hey, we're back to this month in history. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He's 19 foot tall. 19 feet. Okay. Yeah. And he I'm... looks over the reflecting pool yeah. toward the Washington Monument. Mm-hmm. I always like that his hands are, you know, are the A-L. Yeah, for sign language? Yeah, for his... I'm doing both of these. What's the A? A. A. Boy, that's a hard one. Yeah. A. Okay. (laughs) So, and of course, millions and millions of people go there every year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Number two. Number two is kind of cool. On the heels of our 99th episode, it is the USS Langley. It's a U.S. Navy. It's the first U.S. Navy aircraft carrier. It was commissioned in March of 1922. But for two years, it kind of set as a laboratory, like, to study things in and stuff like that. And then, you know, history stuff. And then it was developing vital and important equipment. Okay. Um and then in 1924, the ship was finally ready to join the U.S. Navy Naval Fleet, and so this is the first like aircraft carrier, like That's Top Gun. So cool! I know. So cool on the heels of our very last episode, episode 99 with Amy Heflin, Navy pilot. That's super cool. Well, and it's hard to believe that was 1922 as well. Like that's a long time ago to have aircraft carriers. Yeah. So a landing on a ship. I know. Can you imagine? Little biplanes hovering in and landing. No. Probably. It's so crazy. I would say it was safer back then, but it probably wasn't. It probably like, wasn't. The actual mechanics of the planes were probably a lot less stable. Right, but also planes now are more powerful, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. So oh, by far. Now you have to stop something a dime. even more forceful coming at you. Again, crazy. When they all run out there with the net and they crisscross the thing, I'm like, what? Y'all, y'all about to be all pulled up in the air. <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't understand how that works. Do you know what I'm talking about? When they come, like when Tom Cruise comes in and comes for a landing and the and, and it so, hooks it on the 
little, yeah, but there's, we call it know, a rope. But but there is a case or two where that's not working. Right, and, and then they have a net, too. They yeah. throw a net. Okay, 20 people holding back a jet? Well, maybe it has something to do with inertia and... I need to talk to Amy again. All that good stuff. We need a scientist. I don't like your answers, and I would like to speak with Amy again. (laughs) Can you call Amy? (laughs) Okay, speaking of, before we get to number one, we need to talk about one of your favorite interviews ever, and that is Scooter McScoops. Oh, goodness. We can't go... We can't talk about 100 episodes without talking about Scooter McScoops. Where has he been lately? Well... I think we're about to find out because okay. I found a number for him. He has a top secret number. All right. He still he carries around a rotary phone. I think. <laughs> if you don't remember Scooter McScoops, he's our 1920s newsman mm-hmm. who has showed up every now and then to help us with some late breaking news or some history things, and he's just no nonsense. Yeah. Like he's the old school, like just the facts, you know, and really the character is a. It's kind of to go back to maybe how the news used to be. Again, we say the news used to be this way, but news news and newspapers have always kind of manipulated people to a certain degree. (laughs) Um, I mean, you think of the Spanish-American War was kind of generated by William Randolph Hearst and his newspaper and all that. Anyways. I mean, I was thinking that too. Yeah. Didn't that come to mind when you think of that? Yeah. So we kind of, this character came about as... As kind of a funny, you know, a funny way to look at news instead of, because it seems very negative now when Mm -hmm. you hear the news and everybody's kind of complaining and you kind of dog each other when you're talking news now, the news people do. So we found Scooter McScoops and he just seemed like. Correspondent on the ground. Yeah. The old school, like just the facts, Mm ma'am. So let's see if you can ring him up real quick. All right. Let me see. Got his number here. Yeah. I just, I sent it to you. All right. Got it. Hey, Scooter. What's what have you been up to these days? Hello. 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 Do we have a good connection? Can you hear me? Where are you? I can't tell you where I am. All I can say, all I can say is, I'm just outside of Rome, Italy. Oh. But I can't say where I am. <laughs> and what has taken you to Rome, Italy? I can't tell you that. If I tell you, I'd have to kill you. Oh, it's classified. We but call yes. that classified. Classified, yes. <laughs> but I will say that I'm working on a story mm. for Hardy Party of five and a half. Of course you are. That's intriguing. It's been months and months of research. research. <laughs> months and months of research, clandestine activities. Hmm. And it's going to be a big story. It's going to... I'm going to blow it wide open. Okay. Well, we are looking forward to hearing from you on that. I can't even tell you what it is. But I will say... You're in Rome. I'm in Rome. (laughs) Just outside the Vatican. Oh. Okay. Scandalous. Oh. (laughs) And I will say it has something to do with Leonardo da Vinci. Oh. Fancy. That's all I can say. But I will say... Mm Mm-hmm. That it has to do with an art piece by Leonardo da Vinci. Ooh, did it go missing? Perhaps. Okay. I can't really say. <laughs> but you said. But I will say <laughs> that some call it the lost Leonardo. Okay. All right. That sounds intriguing. It became the most expensive painting ever sold. Mm-hmm. But now I can't get anyone to talk about it. 
And the painting is missing. Oh, goodness. Sounds scandalous. Something's up. <laughs> Something's not right in Denmark. Something smells fishy to me, Mrs. Hardy. Well, you keep your nose to the ground over there in Rome, okay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They're coming after me. I gotta go. <laughs> okay. okay. Be safe, Scooter. Until next time, Scooter McScoops, signing off. <laughs> okay. Well, that was unusual. I'm glad that we got to talk to him. And he is sounds like he's up to no good. I hope that we No, get he this. sounds like he's up to a lot of good. Well, maybe, but he might get in trouble. And Oh, he's I always hope, in trouble. I hope that we find him again safely. You know, when you're getting the big stories that nobody wants to talk about, there's going to be trouble. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I appreciate him. And I appreciate And we don't even know where he's at. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> it's funny that he actually, he acted like he couldn't tell us, but then he kind of told us. Yeah. So maybe he's trying to throw us off, though. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe he's, he's not, not really in Rome, Italy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We'll have to see about that. We'll have to see. So Stay it's tuned. good to hear Scooter. Stay tuned. It's been a minute since we heard from him. That's right. I know. He's kind of an older gentleman, so I didn't know if he was still with us. But apparently he's still, <laughs> still alive and doing his reporting job. Yep. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about all that. I know. Hopefully next time. Hopefully we'll see him again one day. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we couldn't go with... We can't go through the 100th episode without talking to Scooter. Right. You know? Bring him back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, number one. Number one. On the top 10 things that turned 100 this year. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not Izzy or a dog. <laughs> Actually, what's 17? What's 7 times 15? Let's add this up. 7 times 15. Our little Yorkie is, we think, 15 so years old. old. 15 times, times 7. Somebody, somebody listening has already done this math. 105. 105. So we could she have put, was. we technically could have put Izzy on the list. But mm-hmm. our number she's one 14 thing. 14 and a half, she would be right about 100. I know. Hmm. Anyways. Wow. No okay. wonder she's. Number one. No wonder she's angry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Laugh-A-Gram Films. What is that? I'm going to tell you the rest of the story because you've probably never heard of Laugh-A-Gram Films. It started in Kansas City, and it was a cartooning project that this guy started. He was he animated stuff, um, and he was commissioned to do like you know like in the at the movie theater there used to be intermissions, mm-hmm. so he would do little shorts for the intermission to kind of fill time, and people could go get their concessions and they could watch a little cartoon. Well, it got bigger and bigger. And he used to do it for a theater called Newman Theaters in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But then then he started doing like fairy tales, animated fairy tales. Do you want to know who this person was? Yes, I do. For Laugh-A-Gram Films in 1922. It was Walt Disney. Wow. So that's how he started in 1922. He, his company got bigger and bigger, so he ended up moving out to California. Yeah. And we kind of know what happened from there. Yeah, for sure. So Laugh-A-Gram Films. That is so crazy. Are 100 years old. That is very interesting. I love that. Which now Disney owns the whole world. Yeah, basically. So (laughs) it's kind of worked out for him. Didn't really work out for Ralph and the water skiing. Nope. But Walt had a, I guess he had a better business sense. Yeah, he must have put some patent on some things. (laughs) A little bit, you think? Like a mouse. Yeah. So there you go, the top 10 100-year-old things. Well, I 
cannot wait to do this a hundred more times with you. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think it's going to be fabulous. And we still have a lot of life to live and a lot more things to discuss. Don't we? I think so. We have a lot. And we actually, we we have a lot of guests coming up that are going to be pretty fascinating. So the ball keeps rolling. Thanks for sticking with us. And we hope to stick with you for a lot lot of more years to come. (laughs) Like a lot. (laughs) This sounds like a bad cold you can't get rid of. (laughs) I'm just thinking, how long will we be able to do this? And I don't know. This is like the sweet spot of life to me. Like we have, we are able-bodied, mostly able-bodied. We are very able-bodied enough to get around and do things. We actually have the funds because our kids are more self-sufficient and we're not paying for their things yep. as much. They're kind so, of yeah. going off the payroll. I, mean, I feel like we got another 20 years of podcasting in us. Yeah, at least. I feel like we'll do it until we're no longer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll be talking about something somewhere, even if nobody's listening. Oh my goodness. Well, we'll, be, we'll be at a coffee shop with mics that don't work, yeah. sitting at the coffee shop, asking people to come over to talk to us. Yeah. Just to come talk to us. That's right. <laughs> well, I wouldn't pick anybody else to do this with, Hardy. Uh, when you do the heart thing. I'll do the heart thing. All right. Well, hope you enjoyed this 100th episode. Hardy Party of Five and a Half, over and out. We'll see you next time. Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you.